Welcome to the Player Engage podcast, where we dive into the biggest challenges, technologies, trends, and best practices for creating unforgettable player experiences. Player Engage is brought to you as a collaboration between Keyword Studios and HelpShift. Here is your host, Greg Posner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Player Engage podcast. Today, I'm joined by Josh Loveridge again, our our first guest ever is making a return from Stratton Studios, and we are actually doing a special episode today where we are going to talk about Unity. Unity has been getting a lot of news in the uh, press recently. For our listeners who aren't in gaming, we'll give you a brief overview of what happened and why it's important to know, but we just want to kind of release a special edition so people can understand what's happening, see both sides of it, because you obviously hear a very vocal side, which is the community side, but there is a business side that has to be ran as well to understand both sides of it. And there's the recent news of kind of some revisions of pricing. But Josh, before I go too deep into this, you want to say hi or anything? Yeah, how are we doing, everyone? Great, great to be back. You know, I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored to have you back. Josh and I got to meet for the first time in, uh, or not second time, actually, in Gamescom. We had a great conversation and kind of keep this going. And I appreciate you coming back on, Josh, because I do think you have a great view on this. So would you like to do it or should I do a kind of a brief intro of what's going on with Unity and where yeah, we are so- today? I can give a I can give a, a brief uh, kind of a, a little tale of the tape, so to speak. So, uh, um, I think about a week ago, or maybe a little bit longer than a week ago, Unity came out with an announcement that there was they were changing. There was a business shift they were doing. They were introducing a runtime fee, um, that essentially to cut it short, the community wasn't very happy with. <laughs> Um, they, you know, the community just didn't like the way it was communicated, didn't like the model that was presented. And there was, it raised more questions than answers, I think was the biggest takeaway that everyone had from the actual initial announcement. Then, um, after, you know, a couple of days of back and forth, lots of crazy stuff happening, people, you know, getting the pitchforks out as, as, uh, as they do. And then Unity, um, just on Friday, done like a fireside chat and a revised announcement where they clarified a lot of the questions that people had made things a lot more clearer and kind of laid a foundation for what essentially the runtime the new fees uh, structure consists of so to give people an idea of what these new fees the, the new fee structure is there's two options essentially so um, so if your game's over a million dollars, I think, in roll and revenue, you have two options to pay the fee. There's a 2.5% revenue share that's flat, or there is a fee based upon the number of new players engaging with your game uh, each month. So you have two options. You choose whichever is best for your business model at that point in time. So if your business model, you know, has really high number of installs and that's going to be crazy for you to pay that fee, um, then you just go with the revenue share, which is 2.5% flat, which is that's so that's the pretty much the model. Um, and that this only applies, though, if your game's over a certain threshold, which the threshold now being, I think, a million dollars um, for that game. Um, and then they made some revisions to how Unity... Um, Unity uh, like uh, personal edition works, so they raised the barrier of revenue from 100 to 200k. So there was a bunch of modifications made, um, and they're just changing the way they do business, really. 
So let's run it back and just talk about what you just said here, right? And, and I'll put some dates on it. On September 12th, Unity announced their new pricing uh, and package updates. The biggest thing that people took about it is that, and I'm just going to be broad here, it's about 20 cents per install of the game, meaning that if I'm an indie developer, if I'm a AAA game developer, uh, and I create a game, and it has more than a certain number of uh, hits my threshold of users or, or revenue, I'm going to be charged 20 cents per person that has installed that game. I feel like at face value, well, let's continue that. On September 13th, they already got a lot of feedback from the audience and their crowd, and the crowd was not, not happy, for lack of better words. There was a lot of resistance, a lot of just not happiness based on this pricing, how it will affect a lot of companies' bottom lines. It becomes very expensive for these developers, right? A lot of them are trying to be indie developers, especially because the Unity engine is a smaller engine. So Indy trying to build up their their uh, their credentials, and now all of a sudden having to look at a potential cost of that. On September 17th, which I think was a week ago exactly today, uh, Unity acknowledged the feedback, again, letting you know, hey, we heard you, and we're going to relook at the pricing. And then September 22nd, which was Friday, I believe. I am not good with days. Yep. Uh, Unity revised the pricing as, as Josh just saying, based on either uh, 2.5% of your game's monthly gross revenue um, or revenue share model. Um, This was only for games that have less than a million, or only for games that have more than a million dollars in the trailing 12 months would be um, revised. And I think that's an important part of it, right? I mean, between us, Josh, right? Unity is a business and we don't have sides here, right? We're just talking business, right? Unity is a business that needs to make money. You know, Steam does something similar, I believe, when you want to post games on Steam. Epic, I feel like, is doing something similar. I know they're trying to undercut Steam. And now Unity also wants a piece of that. They saw a big boom and surge during COVID of people playing games. And now that boom is coming to an end, but they still need to make money. I mean, is it out of line to say if your game's making a million dollars, 20 cents per install, is that crazy? Well... And I think that I, I think I don't think it is. And here, but here's the caveat. And the reason I say that is because remember that most of Unity's populace, the community, is on Unity Personal. They're not making money in the games that they're making. And Unity have now hired that threshold to two hundred grand. So you have to be making two hundred k a year on your game. Obviously, that's gross, and you've got to pay people out of that and stuff. But still, that's like a mini business. You know, that's a a micro business. So, I mean, at that point in time, I would like to think that you are starting to figure out, okay, how are we going to, that's, you're at that point, you're at what I like to call the inflection point of running something for passion rather than a business. And then you got to look at, okay, how can we make this actually a business? And so... I think that it's pretty, pretty reasonable. And the other thing is your game has to make a million dollars in 12 months, like trailing revenue before it actually is subject to the fee, which I mean, if your game's making a million, I, I, I would like to say that then you should definitely have this still figured out. Um, you know, like, and 2.5% or the, you know, the, the runtime fee, I feel like that's pretty fair. Like if we look at the competitor, the competitive market out there, like unreal, we're talking 5%. So, 
I mean, you got you can't, you can't. I get there's two uh, camps here. There is the camp of okay, well, you know, it should be free to use. You know, open source, all that jazz. That's great. But I feel like for professional tools, you got to be willing to pay for them. You know, it's just. And I know people already pay Unity uh, subscriptions, like your Pro and all that jazz. But you know, it's still, you know, it's a business. You're gonna have expenses. We're in a world of reoccurring revenue, right? And we got to see how we can maximize that. And yeah, right. It is two sides. I think the big my thought on it, right? And I don't know if I'm where I sit, but again, like you mentioned, a million dollars in the trailing twelve months means your game is making money, and you're making money. What was the worrisome part? I think in the beginning was how the numbers were reported. So for people that don't know, you know, engine developers may not know how many people actually have their game installed. Or what happens if you download a PC game and all of a sudden it gets pirated and all of a sudden thousands of people start installing that game and all of a sudden you're going to be responsible for someone that pirated your game and, and it's out of control and you can't monitor that. So I think now that they're they're revised that where Unity won't be coming up with the numbers. You have to submit numbers to Unity. Maybe that maybe softens the blow, but then you still need a good way to be able to report how many people have your game installed. Yeah. Well... Uh, and in that, <clears throat> I think, you know, it's interesting because if we're all being honest, there is no, <laughs> there's no good way to roll out significant industry change and decisions. It's never going to be perfect, ever. No matter how well the communication strategy is architected, it's never going to be perfect. But the problem with that is with an imperfect communication strategy, you break trust. And trust is one of the biggest assets we have in the game development community. The community was built upon trust in the beginning. And once you break that, then there comes a, a point where, you know, the consumer centricity that you're striving towards as a business becomes slightly outweighed. So, you know, there definitely was a misstep made there. Like everyone knows that I don't think anyone can stand behind that and say, you know, hey, listen, this was a great, uh, great communication strategy. It was it was a misstep. But I think I value companies, me personally, I value companies not in the decisions they make, but what they do afterwards based upon the feedback they receive. Like if Unity came out and said, hey, listen, we're doubling down. <laughs> it is what it is. And um, then I'd be like, OK, well, that's a different uh, case. But I mean... They've revised the plans. They've, you know, came out with further clarifications. People are being heard. And that's what I really love to, I love to say. And so, I mean, I think it's shaken a lot of trust for a lot of companies, a lot of studios, because they were like, hey, listen, my business is going to be impacted, you know, and this is being forced upon me. There's nothing I can do. This isn't fair. And that's not fair either. But I feel like with these, with the new plan, the new strategy that Unity's rolled out, it's it's workable for a business. It's workable. Like say two and a half percent of your game, um, you know, you might have to make some changes slightly. But I mean, I don't think that like that's not bankrupting businesses. It shouldn't. No, definitely not. Right, it, it, especially because of the one million dollar rolling period where you got to be making that much money. But I think there is a few weird issues throughout this, right? One small one that some people I've noticed saw was that uh, over some period of time recently, Unity removed their terms of services from their website. And people were thinking that was kind of a shady move. 
And then Unity came back and said it just wasn't getting a lot of views. But I mean, it's a legal document. I can't tell you how often people go in to take a look at a legal document. Um, I think, again, uh, there's this quote I love from Batman Begins. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's that you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Right? Yeah. And I feel like this happened with Google, right? Like Google original slogan was what? Do good or something like that. And, yeah. you know, Unity was... You, for people that don't know Unity, they, they own over 50% of the mobile market. Most mobile games that you play are probably built on Unity. And it's a very easy to use. It got us started with a lot of indies, right? People could just quickly pick it up. And then all of a sudden, I think it's kind of like, a, all right, we're going to be putting on our big boy pants now and we are going to become a big company, which has to happen, right? It, to your point, it comes down to communication, how you handle it. Like sometimes you know you're, you're going to be in for it and you're just going to do it. It's interesting that they doubled down, but it seems like they came around. And, you know, with all this news being said, why, from the beginning, why do you think the pitchforks came out? Why, why was it just because of it? Do you think, like, people didn't settle with it? People are, people are interesting. And the reason I like to say that is, and this is, this is going to sound a bit wild, but oftentimes people are a because if people really do initially, if people done the math on how it was actually got how much it was going to cost, I think it worked out to around three or four percent of your game's revenue, which still was you know kind of so it wasn't terrible. But that fee, it was just too it, the communication was just off. That was the that was the reason people got scared. It's like when you take a, a someone's you know when you take something from someone without their permission, they get angry. You know, and then what you get is you get, you know, kind of it's like the five stages of grief. You know, you get the anger, then you get, you know, all of that jazz. So people got angry because they felt like they weren't being listened to or they weren't communicated to. Now, once that anger was triggered, you got the emotional response that then was moving on from that. So there was a bunch of emotional people, emotional responses. Everyone was like, get the pitchforks out. That's it. You know, we're, we're coming for them. But any any business person and any person that's been in the industry long, knows a long, uh, and for a long time knows that in times like this, you got often to take a step back. Because when you take a step back out of the weeds, the picture becomes a lot clearer. Like, let's look at this from a holistic point of view. And from a, and this is the way I've been I've been talking to people about it, and it starts to contextualize it. If your game development company was not making money, was not profitable for since its inception, would you, as a company, look to change that? And most people would be like, "Yeah, I got to make money, otherwise I can't live, I can't feed my families." Then why is it different for the engine that you're using to do that? It's not. Just because Unity is a, a bigger company doesn't mean it's not ran by people. It's ran by people at the end of the day. And Unity as a company is not one of the most profitable companies out there. All you got to do is look at the, you know, the, the their public file and stock market, all that jazz. Most people haven't looked at that. So they don't know that. I feel like if there had been a communication strategy of like, hey, listen, as a business, guys, and as a community, we need to adapt how we're monetizing our model because right now it's not working. We want to deliver the best product for you. And to do that, we need more money. It is what it is. If they had just done that, I feel like everyone would have been just been like, okay, 
I mean, that's fair enough. Because at the end of the day, we all need to coexist together. We can't coexist without each other. I've seen a bunch of people saying, oh, we're going to custom engine. We're going to do this. As someone who works in custom engines a lot, I can tell you it ain't as easy as you think. It might seem the grass isn't always greener. I can promise you that. And, you know, moving engineers to different engines, more expensive rates go, it's just difficult. So I think that was the initial reaction. That's why the pitchforks came out. And then obviously there was a bunch of cascading stuff from there. Then, Because once someone feels attacked and, uh, you know, that's when people start saying silly stuff. Um, so it, it was an interesting, um, you know, kind of thing to watch from the sidelines and kind of because you could almost predict what was going to happen. You know, the initial announcement was going to come out, then, you know, give it a couple of days, then it gets rolled back. And then like, you know, and then people are happy. Some people aren't happy. But then the trust is the trust is the biggest thing that's broken throughout all of this. And now it's a matter of, OK. What can be done to rebuild that trust in a way that doesn't ostracize unity from the industry as a whole? Because it like, and here's something that's very interesting, you know, and the court of a, the court of public opinion often rushes to judgment. It doesn't allow room for errors and second chances, but accountability is crucial. I, I will say that you have to hold people accountable. But we don't live in a world of unforgiven, zero tolerance stances because that gets us nowhere. You know, anyone can make a, a mistake. Anyone can make a misstep. It is what it is. But oftentimes you got to make missteps to grow and to innovate. You know, it's it's part of it. You can't not make mistakes and grow. It it just does it. They're 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 not uh, they're mutually exclusive sort of thing, and. You know, the community as a whole know that, um, you know. So one mistake as a whole, like that'd be like saying a developer made a bad game. So that's it. You're done. That, you know, you're finished. Finished for life. Um, you know, one mistake should never warrant the lifetime of exile. That's a quote that I like. I really like that quote because you can't exile people. And here's the interesting other thing. And the reason this is so um, fueled and so charged is because game development's tribes based upon the sense of community and shared goals that we all have. We all want to make something that players love and enjoy. That is, I love that because that is the essence of why we do what we do. And, you know, directing anger at people distracts from that. It distracts from the collaborative spirit of the community, you know, and that's what's fueled the industry's growth. That's what's fueled gaming to be bigger than the films industry, bigger than all the other creative arts, because we are so connected, we're so collaborative, and we all work together to get the job done. So it's all about finding solutions uh, together as a community, um, rather than, you know, bickering over silly issues. Like, if we've got a problem with people, Talk to them. Say, hey, listen, this is... And the community did. There was many reasonable people who said, hey, listen, this isn't going to work as a business. What about like the, you know, piracy, you know, all this jazz? That's just not going to work for me. Um, and that then became heard. Um, and they made changes upon that. So, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty... I think it, what it shows and is that unity is willing to listen. Um 
you know? Like, not every idea is a great one, but, you know, you can kind of run from there. I, I think you brought up a really great point, and, and there's a few things I want to mention, right? I think one thing you're talking about is kind of what I like to consider is that social media effect is where news just gets projected much, much quicker and more anti-something very quickly, right? And that's what happened with Unity here. And I think a great example that we're living through right now is also, if you take a look at CG Project Red with Cyberpunk, right? Cyberpunk came out uh, half half built, half working. People were hating them, giving them the biggest crap they could. And then this week or last, last week, I think they they launched Phantom Liberty, which is their DLC that's getting such praise. And it just showed that they heard the people's outcries. They probably knew they were releasing an unfinished game and they worked and they fixed it and they turned around the social media perception. The problem is it comes at you so quickly, so hard when there's millions of voices, anonymous voices coming at you from the internet, it gets scary. And I think, I mean, that's what happened with unity. I mean, it's a great point is that they made an announcement. Pitchforks came out instantly and and maybe they could have done better with the, the, uh, the, initial announcement but i think no matter how you deliver that news it's going to come out poorly and it's how, how you and my one questionable aspect of it as well is you know they made its whole play in the middle that if you switch to their marketing stack you won't be subject to this charge and i kind of thought it almost sounds monopolistic like hey if you start using yeah. our marketing stuff yeah you don't have to so, pay that fee anymore and it, it, that one part also came off kind of shady to me it's like weird to throw that in there but I, again i, I think it's a business decision and it sucks for some people, but it's really not as bad as it's people are making it blow up to be. Timing, 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 timing is the key thing. Cause think of it this way. If someone is your biggest customer, they're using all your products. You're going to give them discounts across their various different services. That is common business practice. Everyone does it. Think of it this way. If a company came to you as a game development studio and they said, right, I want to hire a thousand engineers from you but we want you to do some other stuff on the side. Can you, can you compromise on the rates a little bit? You'd say, sure. Yeah, we can make that work. You're, you know, volume. Unity just did the same thing. The problem was when they announced it. It was a bad time to say a few days later, oh, but if you use this, then we're going to give it to you cheaper. It, 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 it wasn't architected. It was knee-jerk reaction. But I'd say, and a lot, and perfect example I like to give of this is, we've seen this before. Think of No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky came out. The pitchforks were out bad. They the pitchforks that and that was a good example of it. People hated it, but No Man's Sky is coveted today because while they made a misstep, they worked backwards from it and they came back to rebuild that trust. The one thing I always like to say is, you know, and. There's always a lot of noise in cancellations, you know, the public court of opinion cancellations. It's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting paradigm. But when all the noise that comes out of it, you know, knee-jerk reactions and stuff like that, it's always best to just wait a week or two, the two-week cycle, as I was saying to you earlier, is that's what happens. And then after two weeks, you really figure out what's going on. And then once all the emotions gone out of it, then you know things are clearer. The one thing I will say is. Regaining trust, the big thing is regaining that trust is a marathon, it's not a sprint. How long did it take No Man's Sky? Four or five years? It's going to require a lot of time, you know, transparency, consistency, um, that demonstrate the commitment Unity has made to its developers. Um, And right now, it's okay for us to be critical, demand accountability, 
you know, be all that, be upset. It's uh, That's natural. That's, these are uh, human emotions. And at the end of the day, unity is ran by people. That's that's it. Like uh, that's the one. That's the one thing I feel sorry for now. This you people think of unity as some weird shadowy cabal. That's like you know, like like they're you know, we're, yeah. I know we're all creative people and we like to you know make stories over everything. But at the end of the day, unity is run by people, and people make mistakes, and that's okay. You know, I I uh, I think um, the interesting bit though is as long as they're committed to that path to regaining that trust, then we're good. You know, people are going to still use Unity. Why? Because the tools are good. You know, it makes our lives easier. Get uh, anyone that says, "Oh, we're going to do a custom engine," that's it. Uh, uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. That's the <laughs> because you know everyone will come back because at the end of the day, it's challenging to do that. There's a reason nobody wants to reinvent the wheel. And um, do I think it's going to hurt their market share a little bit? A hundred percent. You know, I think we have seen a bit of a an exodus, so to speak. Um, but I mean, that's all emotional knee jerk. I'm sure people will come back eventually if they like put it this way. And this is the bit I love about this with this new monetization model. It's going to bring a new age of the Unity game engine. That's not a lot of what a lot of people have thought about. Think of it this way. Unity as a company is going to have more money to invest in their product and make it better, faster. That's exciting to me. That is super exciting to me. More innovation, more tooling, more investment. That's cool. Like, you know, a profitable company is a good company because the users then get the benefit of that. All we have to do is look at other, you know, um, other uh, use cases of this in the marketplace, you know, and I think it'll it'll all work out in the end. I think that the next, <laughs> I think for the next few years, the new developers that are coming in are going to have a bad impression of Unity. I do think that. I think it's going to be a long journey to recover that. Everyone's going to be like, oh, don't use that sort of thing. Learn something else. But I think at the end of the day, that will pass with time until the next cancellation comes along. Because remember, the port, the court of public opinion moves on pretty quickly. Just wait until there's another, like, you know, drama and then people will move on. Because uh, that's what people do. They they feed on that cycle. Well, the one devil's advocate to that would be the fact that with a game like No Man's Sky, I could turn it off for two years and come back after some updates and play where games are still being created today right and yep. you didn't you didn't create 85 percent of a game and drop it to say hey i'm gonna port this to unreal because that is a lot of work that is a lot of money and people aren't going to do that the question and the so stratton studios you're, you're helping your customers build games right you're you're co-developing you're doing different parts of it so you don't necessarily get to choose the engine right i mean that your your customers are coming to you saying hey we're building this in unreal or we're building this in unity do you foresee i guess have you talked to your employees like hey we might want to start learning things like godot or some other engines as well just to start like saying there might be a change coming i as a business owner and this is me talking as a business owner i i'm a i like to be the swiss army knife you know you got to be ready for anything and at the end of the day a, a requirement to work at stratton is that you know multiple engines anyway you need to know C++, uh, a lot of our engineers do. Why? Because a lot of the work we do in Unity anyway is native plugin work 
at the core level. So, you know, we're we're doing that regardless. Building custom systems, thorny technical stuff is our that's that's what we do. Um so I mean all of our guys are very adaptable and stuff like that. Adaptability in a technological industry is a key. That's the metric of success is how quick you can pivot if you need to. Do I see there being this massive tidal wave of, you know, kind of shift at the company? No, I just said, I sat everyone down and I said, listen, guys, I was like, I know some people aren't happy with this. I know it is what it is, but as a company, we'll get through it together, whatever the impact, whatever the outcome, you know, together we're stronger and we'll get it done. You know, that's what we've always done. We'll figure it out. You know, uh, uh, as, as the great Irish saying goes, it'll be grand. You know, it, 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 it will be grand. There's, I'm not worried at all. I think that, you know, anyone that is needs to just calm down a little bit and, you know, take a week or two, take a week or two, step back, reevaluate and say, right. Okay. Is because I get that where people saying, oh, listen, I've, my game's 80% done in Unity. Now I have to figure this out. If 2.5% of your game's revenue makes or breaks your business, that's scary. I'd, I'd be more concerned about other things. I really would. Um, <laughs> maybe you need to look at like how cash flow works and stuff because that's scary. Like 2.5% should not be concerning at all. Uh, that should be like, you know, it is, uh, that should be it. You know, it should be easy. Two and a half percent should just be like, oh, great. More, more, ta- more stuff I can write off as, for tax sort of thing, you know? And there's also the, uh, I mean, kind of build on that. There's so many Unity developers out there that it's probably cheaper to get a Unity developer than an Unreal developer or, or some other studio. So you might be saving money just in, in costs there. 100%. Alone. I mean, there's flooded the market with people that know Unity. Yeah, well, put it this way. We we have both internally. And I can tell you now, our Unreal devs are the ones who get paid more. They get paid quite substantially more, actually. Because the skill set's harder. It's harder to learn, you know. It's, it is it is what it is. And if someone's good at Unreal, generally, they're going to be a good candidate for custom engine work, too. Um, so it's, you know, that is something that, game companies are going to have to take into account and say if someone switched Unreal, they're going to be paying 5% anyway. So that kind of, that 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 puts that out of the running straight away. The other option is Godot. Now, is Godot an option and viable for people? At a 100%. Like if you can build what you want in the tools, go, go have fun, you know? But I would be willing to, to, to put a pretty penny on it that... Any game that is really striving to, you know, kind of monetize, make revenue and stuff like that is not going to want to use open source tooling that may need some work done to it and stuff like that to get it where it needs to be. They don't have time for it. Time is money for a lot of game companies. It really is. And every second you have to spend working on your tooling rather than taking away, you know, is taking away your development time on the game. Um, and that's that exact whole nuance is what keeps Stratton in business, you know, is people not wanting to do the technical tourney stuff. They want someone else to do it. So I, I don't see there being this massive, like, you know, thing. Now, maybe if Unreal came out with, like, a mobile, uh, made a massive push for mobile, maybe then they're two different markets, in my opinion, two different verticals. There's room for everyone, you know. 
someone moves, some won't. It, it's just really, yeah, it's just a bit of a shift. Well, in the world of Unity, it will be interesting to your point. Now that they're going to start making money, they'll be able to improve their engine. And one place Unity always kind of came short compared to Unreal was for AAA titles, right? Most massive hits there or massive games that are put out there are built on Unreal just because the tool set is more polished. It's got better quality assets along with it. So maybe now that Unity can start putting some money towards it, they'll be able to start competing with unreal at that level and then i mean then you got the complete opposite where godot is going to be cheaper than all the other options the thing is you're going to really need to know what you're doing you're you're, you're really going to go uh, into the weeds with that right so uh, it's funny it almost seems like and i wasn't really familiar with the gaming space when unity launched but it seems like godot is where unity when unity launched and unity is now kind of trying to step more up to unreal and the whole power dynamic is shifting well, Unreal did this exact thing, like, what was it, five years ago? Well, it's God, I'm getting old. It was more than five years ago. And um, I think it was 2015 when they shifted. But they did a whole marketing campaign, if you love something, set it free. It was very well architected, very well communicated. And they were like, hey, we're, we're open sourcing the engine. We're going to charge a 5% royalty. And people didn't care, really. Uh, there was some a bit of kick up about it, but... It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't get the pitchforks out and slay them. But I think the internet was a different place at that time. The internet was not as vitriolic as it is now. The internet is like, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's it, it's a hard out there now. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a bit like the Thunderdome from Mad Max, if I'm honest. You got to, <laughs> you know, so it wasn't like that back then, you know, whereas now it is. So I think that. It was always going to cause, like, you know, the pitchforks. It was always going to be, you know, thing. But if you talk to any Unity developer that has staged their business on it, and I've talked to a lot, a lot of them are kind of being like, oh, this is something we're going to have to account for. I see some concerns in people that publishers are just going to use it as a way to take more money away from the end developer. And anyone that's saying that, I'm like, well, that's a conversation you need to work out with your publisher. But again, it comes back to if you're really struggling over two and a half percent, I mean, that's scary, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I, I can tell you I couldn't run a business uh, if I, <laughs> I I couldn't do it. If two and a half percent was my, you know, was the breadline for me, I'd be I'd be worried. So kind of wrapping this all together here at the end uh, first a different question would be uh, if you can go back 10 years josh and start learning a a platform would you ch- still choose maybe a unity because there's a lot of information out there or would you be more interested in open source like a dough or a, a polished one like unreal where, where would you what would your wisdom say other than learn all of them because that's what you want to do this is <laughs> so i didn't start in any of them <laughs> <laughs> so this oh, is a difficult a, answer. Josh. Let's get, let's give it let's give a throwback. Let's let's go back a little bit uh, to a younger Josh. I started out in Blender game engine. Nice. Yeah. OG Visual. Blender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The OG Blender game engine and Scratch before that. So I mean, and then I so I went from uh, what was it? It was Scratch to Blender game engine. Then from Blender game engine to um, Unity. Then from Unity to Unreal, then Unreal to Custom Engine. That was my path of progression. Would I do it any differently again? Not a chance. Um, Because at the end of the day, that has made me the developer that I am today. 
and I feel like you gotta you gotta go through the fire a little bit. You gotta, you know, Unity has a lot of resources. Listen, if you want to go full tilt and learn C straight off the bat, it's more challenging. Like, you know, I see the guys internally that are training on it and they, they find it more difficult. Working in something like C Sharp first and then porting over to C is much easier once you've a good fundamental understanding of um, you know kind of how it runs, how it works and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing, you know, whereas diving straight in can sometimes be misguided. So, I mean, there's tons of resources out there for unity. They're all very valid. A lot of, see, here's the thing. Uh, and I always, and this is one thing I always preach internally. It does not matter the tools you are using to do something. It matters the technique on when and why you should do that, you know? And, like, uh, and the analogy I like to give is if you gave, like, you know, a, car- a carpenter, like, a nail gun or a hammer, he's still going to be able to build a door, you know? If you, give, if you give me a custom engine that I've never worked in before, give me a week or two to learn the, 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 the editor layout and stuff like that, I'll build you a game. No problem. Give me a new programming language that I've never touched before. If it's object oriented, great. I'll, you know, I'll learn the syntax. Give me a week or two. I'll be good. You know, that is the real, well, obviously it might take a little bit longer to become a master of it. But, you know, one thing that people always say is, you know, kind of, um, the, the jack of all trades is a master of none. You know, that's it. That people love that comment, but they always leave out the last line, you know, which is a jack of all trades is a master of none. Um, but um, a master of all is better than one or an expert at all is better than one, whatever the thing. But the analogy is um, that essentially it's good to be a multi-tool person rather than a master of one thing. Because if you're a master of one thing, your egg is in one basket. You never want to have all your eggs in one basket. You want to be spread out because things change. Think of it this way. Back in the day, what happened to all the Flash developers who only knew Flash and that went out? They were, they were, uh, they were, um, you know, up a certain creek without a paddle, as we would say over here. Um, And so... It, it, it's just one of those things. You got to be willing to adapt. You got to be willing to change. We're in an industry that changes every every day. Just think about you know when mobile free to play came out. It was literally everyone was like, "Oh, this is crazy. That's never going to work. Users are crazy. Giving your game for free? That's that's nuts." Uh, and then and then what happened? It became it 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 blew up the industry. It changed things. The way we do business now is different because of that um, fundamental shift. So I don't worry about stuff like this. I think it's like you know. I think you could worry about it, and you could sit there all day, and you could say, "Oh, this is this is bad," like you know. But just pivot. Just learn new things. Be open to change. Be open to you know the nuances of what we're doing, and enjoy the process. That's what I think people miss out on a lot on is join the process. Change is good. It's going to impact the industry in a few new ways. We're going to see. It's like getting a new level, you know. Uh, you know, It's like a new DLC just launched. Unity just launched a new DLC, and now we all got to figure out how we're going to beat it. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. I think, I think maybe we're coming to the same conclusion here where the biggest issue was communication and the way it was communicated. I, I think it's fair that, 
company that's building a engine can start to profit off the engine itself other than just the monthly subscription fees that they get. Um, but again, I guess also by putting a limit of, hey, within the last 12 trailing months, you need to have at least made a million dollars because then you know there is money. You're not robbing from the poor. You're 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 making sure that your profitable guys are hard ones. To the, to the development aspect of it, I mean, there's just so much education about unity out there and how to build and how to code and, and that's not going away. And I think that's going to be the most powerful part of that. I've, if I had this type of information when I was in college, I may have actually passed C Sharp and C Plus and continued down this road. But but I quickly backed out after that because there's no great way to learn it back then. And now it's just so easy and at our fingertips. I, I think I think my my sentiment is that this was a bump in the road for unity. Pitchforks came out very quickly and made them look like the bad guy, which in theory they were. They, they communicated something that people weren't happy with. But I think your biggest point was if you're living off of a 3.5% or 2.5% margin month to month, and this is what's really affecting you, there's some other more underlying issues that you should be focusing on rather than just the install or the, the fee to well, it, you can't really go. If that's it is what it is, you'll never be able to make a game in Unreal. Uh, that's straight off the bat. You'll you'll only be able to do open source. And I would say, and if you're in that boat, I would say you're fitting under the category of Unity Personal, which is, you know, games that are made up to 200K or whatever. Like two for a solo dev, 200 grand, if you're doing it yourself, that's that's a good, like, you know, you'd live off that, so to speak. That You'd have a really good life, actually. Because, like, what is it? After, like, 100 and something K, your, your quality of life, like, the... the it's like you're yeah. at the top of the bell curve. So, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, it, it all in all, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a speed and ticket they've got, you know, they went a little bit fast and, um, but, you know, listen at the, you know, if you're, if you're going fast and doing something, I think, I think that's okay. I think it's, it's good to see them that they want to improve what they're doing. In my opinion, I think that's actually, that, that excites me. I, I'm actually excited for the new features in the engine. I'm excited for the new tooling that's going to come out. The more money they have, the more the more toys they give me in my little toy box. So I mean, and you know, I'm always open to getting getting more toys in there. Spoken like a true creator, ready to go and learn more. Josh, I think this was a great session. I, I love being able to talk about actual true current events as they're happening. This probably should have happened last week, but but here we are. We've learned. Uh, I think we both feel the same way about kind of what it is, and I think probably within a month or two. Most people will probably forget this conversation in general just happened, I think um, so. which probably the best thing for everyone, right? It means everything worked and goes on. But if you are affected, I'd love to be able to hear how you leave us a comment. Let us know what pisses you off about this because there are reasons to be on both sides of yeah. this. And we're just staking a claim on what we believe. But but everyone everyone has different thoughts and feelings. Josh, anything else you want to share? I really do appreciate you coming back on today. No, I, I uh, thanks for having me back on. And yeah, the only thing I'd say is, is that you know, before making a judgment on someone else, try try put yourself in their, their shoes. Try think of the people behind the product that people are using because it's ran by people. You know, just think when you get a bad review on your game, how you feel. It's not very nice. So uh, that's the only thing I'd say. I hate to see the industry tearing each other down. Let's all talk about, you know, making games and making cool product and, you know, doing stuff that everyone else says can't be done. 
That's what I want to talk about with people. I don't want to talk about, you know, okay, well, you know, this and that and bickering. It's like it's like a fight between siblings. That's what it is. It really is. It's like, or a hard breakup. That's what this has been like. But, you know, hopefully we won't have to get to the stage of divorce. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think this is that's a good thing for anyone to know about any company is a company is made up of people. You know, it's not those people's choice that they this company did it. It's an executive level that just happens to trickle down. So don't get pissed off at the the support person that you talk to or someone else that talked to. If you download a game that you dislike, don't get mad at the developer of it. Right? Like they're just following orders. They're the face of. They're not the well. They work for the company, but like, don't get mad at the person. Like they are human too. So, yep. Josh, again, I thank you, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. For anyone that's listening, I'd love to be able to hear your side of it too. I normally don't say this because it's weird, but leave a comment and let us know how you feel about it because we'd love to continue to build off this and see where it goes. So thank you for listening. Josh, again, for the 15th time, thank you, and I'm looking forward to the next time you're back on here. So thanks a lot. See you guys.